0: the writer of Hebrews to demonstrate something but there's other places in scripture where uh, the Lord knows how to use imagery to help us out. Sometimes in the Bible the Holy Spirit would he'd liken us to a farmer, right? I'd say you're like a farmer plowing in the field and then planting seeds and then you trust in God to send rain And then you harvesting. Sometimes he says, here listen, this is like this is like a soldier in a battle and soldier in war. You you gotta go out into war. You can't just go out dressed any way you want. You gotta put on certain kinds of things. You gotta put on armor. You gotta put different things on to protect you. And here's how you fight. You gotta stand. You gotta stand your ground. You don't fight alone. There's other places where you say, this is like being a builder. You've got to build with the right kind of foundation. Use the right kind of material. Something that will last. Here in Hebrews, he says, this thing, this Christian life, it's like a race. Okay? So this is called the great race. The sermon, the great race. And he's, he's, t- he's gonna tell us how we're supposed to run, all right? Before we read it, the chapter right before it is Hebrews 11. And if you know what Hebrews 11 is, Hebrews 11 is a hall of fame for Christians. And it's a story of ordinary people who lived an extraordinary life because of their faith in God. So he goes through and he's telling all these stories and then we come to Hebrews 12, verse 1. We're going to read it. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. and Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I'm going to read this out to you out of the Passion Translation. As for us, we have all of these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us, and the sin we so easily fall into, then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination, for the path has already been marked before us. We look away from the natural realm, and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus, who births faith within us, and who leads us forward into faith's perfection His example is this. Because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his. He endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation. And now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. So... He told us all the stories in Hebrews 11. And then he says, since we're all surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. I remember reading this and I would think it means that these people that have gone before us are like leaning out of the rafters of heaven. And they're all watching us, cheering us on. I'm not saying that isn't true. But I don't know that biblically. I'm looking at Sam... Phil, I'm not sure that biblically that's accurate that you can say that. Here's what I think it is these people's lives, they're examples, they're like records all around you. That this this person faced impossible situations here, and here's how they overcame they trusted God. And here's the records of another person's life. Here's how they lived. Here's how the things they overcame. Here's how they trusted God. And we're in a hall of fame. We're in a room with the stories that are all around us. You're surrounded by people all around you. Their lives bear witness that if they've done it, if they've trusted God in what they're going through, you can too. You can too. There's nothing that comes against you That can throw you out of the race if you respond in the right way to it. Their lives are a a witness to you all around. So he says, you're in a race. You're a runner. You can win this thing. But now act accordingly. What's he going to say? He says, let us therefore... Throw off everything that hinders. That's NIV. Let us lay aside any weight. These the people that whoever wrote this, they're used to seeing uh, the Greek races, right? They would run naked. Imagine that, or don't. <laughs> they didn't want anything to hinder them, and so they would run. With nothing that would slow them down. And he says, you're running a Christian life. Like you can't carry anything with you that's going to slow you down. Because it's not a hundred yard dash. It's a marathon. It's a long cross country journey. That's more like it. What is a weight? Weight isn't necessarily sin. A weight is Anything that would slow down your pursuit of Jesus. Anything that would slow you down. Anything that's going to distract you. Anything that's going to make you tired. Has got to go. Throw it down. You got to get rid of it. I remember... I had mentioned my trip to India. I remember the first time, that that was like the first major, major trip I went on. I made a huge mistake. I'm thinking, we have, you know, what are the flights, 17-hour flight, 15-hour. I'll have so much time to read. So I took my study Bible, a big bunch of notes. I took a bunch of books. I had like two messenger bags. Around my neck. And then my suitcase. Anybody ever make such foolish... I mean, if you fly a lot, if you travel a lot, you know how stupid that is. First time travelers travel like this. I hadn't just sat down in the airplane when I thought, Oh boy, you made a big mistake. I didn't think it was that heavy. But I'm going on a two week trip. Tim and Emily just got back from the mountains. They're hunting in. I don't know what kind of gear they carry, but I know they pay a lot of money for the light gear. <laughs> I've camped with Tim. <laughs> i felt his sleeping bags. If you're going on a long journey, you don't weigh yourself down with a lot of things. But there's Christians that will carry things not knowing, not realizing that if I put up with this, if I carry this thing, I can put up with it for a couple weeks maybe even a couple months but if you if you carry that weight for a long distance it might end up knocking you out of the race what are some weights i want to give you three different things that i can that i just came to my mind first one wrong mindsets wrong beliefs wrong Stinking thinking, let's put it that way. Anybody ever have stinking thinking? Sometimes that's my, sometimes that's a bit of my battle. Amy and I were going through something not too long, not, not between us. Together we were going through something. And I remember every time I'd think of this situation, I would feel exhausted. I'd feel tired. Like it would feel impossible to me. And we'd talk about it. And one, t- one day we were talking about it and she said, you know, I was praying about this situation and I feel like the Lord showed me that it's the problem isn't actually what's making us feel tired. It's the way we've started thinking about the problem that made us feel tired. And he was right. Like I knew that was exactly right. I'd picked up. I had attached some. Wrong emotions, some wrong beliefs to this situation. Every time I think of it, I think, impossible. I can't do it. Can't be solved. What am I saying? My God, my God can't my God can't take care of this. And and I'd feel exhausted. And I had to repent of that kind of thinking. And pronounce some truth over it. We've started doing something together. Well, wow, it's been it's been a while. Here, here, I'm thinking I'm not the only one that deals with this kind of um, Romans. Romans 12, 2 says, "Be transformed by the renewing of your mind." We have to have our minds renewed because if if you are if you Like me, if you gravitate towards those, our minds aren't from birth. They're not renewed minds. We have to continually bring truth in over the situation. And we've started doing something. Amy's helps me a lot with it. I'll I'll be going through my day, and all of a sudden, I feel this, like, I'm being irritable. I'm being very anxious. Like, what happened? I wasn't this way two hours ago, and now I'm full of anxiety. Anybody know what this feels like? Yeah, all right, all right. And I stop. Amy often tells me, stop, all right? You just got to stop. All right, now let's go back. Like, where did you pick it up? What did you start thinking? And if I go back, I'll be like, oh, it was a text message that I got back here. Or it was a phone call that I got back here. It was something that I started thinking about. So I go back to the beginning. Oh, okay, I picked up some some wrong thoughts here, and they've been festering inside of me, and now I just want to snap at you for no reason. And I have to go back, whatever it is, I have to go back and renew my mind, which is I pull truth down over it. I pull truth down. Okay, no, that situation's not impossible. With God, all things are possible. Sometimes it's a little, a, little, a smaller thing as saying, you know what? Not my problem. <laughs> or I'm actually not responsible for that. I'm carrying somebody else's baggage right now. I've picked up their junk and now I'm trying to run with it. I don't have strength for that. You don't have strength for that. You know, in two hours, I can feel exhausted just because I've been thinking wrong thoughts. In two hours, any of us can be exhausted. And there's some people that don't just think two hours, they carry this stuff. It'll make you tired. You won't run the cross country race. And last, you can't do it. We have to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Every one of us must pull God's truth down over our situations continually. And we'll become renewed in our minds. Another thing that will weigh you down, friendships. Friendships can be absolutely amazing. And then they can be friendships that you uh, that you um, carry that can pull you down. Here's here's my rule of thumb for friendships: who's influencing who? Right? Jesus was a friend of sinners, so I don't I don't like when people like they disassociate or they. They get rid of all the needy people in their life. Like, you know, I'm I'm making boundaries so I have no room for this person, no room for this person. Jesus actually didn't do that. If you're not strong enough, then you'll have to make those boundaries, then you'll have to drop those friendships. What's optimal is if I can be the influencer. In Jesus' friendship with sinners, he was the influencer. Hanging around with sinners didn't cause him to walk into sin. No. Rather, it's the other way around. His friendship with them caused them to come up. And they wanted to to be closer to God. Right? This is really important with our children, right? Because every one of us is susceptible to peer pressure. Every one of us. Children very much. And so you have to watch in every relationship who's influencing who. Friendships. Um, The next one I want to go over is hurts and regrets. I think this is probably the one that causes most Christians to quit the race sometimes even sit it out, they disqualify themselves. Hurts are things that other people have done to us that we haven't let go. Regrets are things that we've often done ourselves in our past, and we can't let go of it. So we carry a regret with us. Forgiveness is the key releasing both of those things. Forgiveness is a must. Every single person that's sitting here has to exercise forgiveness continually, flushing our hearts. I had an experience this week that uh, was tremendously sad in a way, but it opened my eyes to something again and I just saw how forgiveness is so important i was I was with no one here knows the person, older gentleman, upper fifties, going through a really hard time, difficult time, unable to cope with life. And I start talking to him. I was helping him out a little bit and in the in the conversation, you know he said, "Well this this person." Molested me when I was nine years old, and uh, something in me knew that that's what had happened. I said, "Well, how how are you dealing with?" It? It's in the court system, now. But here he is. He's 55 years old, and I said, "How how are you dealing with this? Like how are you?" And he said, "Well, the government's given me a number to call somebody and talk whenever I think about it." Here he is 40-some years later, and he's still continually. He's carrying this weight, and it's, he doesn't know how to bear with it. And all he can do is call a number and talk to somebody when he thinks about it. And your, your heart is absolutely crushed, and it's like the pain of that, hearing that story. But I knew I had to, like, he's not seeing any hope. For any change and I had to say you know has anyone ever told you this thing about forgiveness and and a change that can develop in your heart instead of you carrying this thing that absolutely wrecks and ruins your life and you can see it in the way you walk it's just one example forgiveness a way to release some of that I want to talk just a little bit about shame because in here, Jesus says that he endured the cross, despising the shame, he scorned the shame. When they'd crucify someone, they'd crucify him naked to, for more humiliation as they died on the cross. He says he scorned the shame. Shame is such a powerful emotion. It will steal your identity. Did you know that? I believe God hates shame. He hates when we carry shame with us. Shame is a big bag that will bend your life over. We must do whatever we can. Shame, shame will attach itself to a place in your past that you want to keep hidden, that you don't want people to know about a regret you've had, it'll attach itself to that place. You know the story of the prodigal son? When the prodigal son comes back to the father? You know one of the things the father does? He puts a ring on his finger. You know what that is? That's his identity. He gives him identity back. You and I, we get our identity from our parents, right? When we're born, We're the son of, the child of, so-and-so. Your identity is as a child of God. Your identity comes from your father in heaven. And when we allow our identity to be stolen and replaced by shame and we carry something that's hidden, it'll weigh you down. There's a way to get rid of shame. Do you know what it is? If you carry shame with you, If it's stolen your identity, did you ever, on the old film cameras, did you ever open the back of a camera when it's got the film in it? You know that if you open that and expose it to the light, it destroys the images on that film, right? It's gone. Shame actually works the same way. First John 1.9 says that if we confess our sin, God is faithful. I have it written down here. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I believe there's power in confessing that. To someone else, and bringing—it's—it's it's so easy to confess something to God, and you just keep it, just keep it hidden. If you expose that, if you open that door, there's such power in allowing light to come to that and to destroy it, destroy the shame. Lift that, lift that burden, get rid of it, throw it down, don't carry it. You're not designed to run your life trying to hide everything that's in your past. You can't carry that weight. He says, the sin that so easily ensnares you, so easily trips you up. And I'm not going to give examples of that because the sin that so easily snares you is not going to be the same sin that so easily ensnares me. You know what I'm saying? The sin that so easily ensnares you is what came to your mind when I said the sin that so easily ensnares you. What is your struggle? What is that thing? The same way to deal with that is bring it to the light. I've had so many people do this to me in their life, and they say, hey, listen, here's something I'm going through. I just haven't been able to overcome it, but I want to bring it to the light. And you watch. There's a marked change in their life. They go from that thing continually throwing them down, tripping them, to now I'm walking in victory. Oh, yeah. now that's in the past. That's how you throw it down. All right. I'm going to illustrate this a little bit. Landon, why don't you come on out? Come on up here. Come on over. Yeah. Here we go. Thank you, Landon. Right there. You're good. Landon slayed a deer with a bow this week. (laughs) Give him a round. Does this look like somebody that's ready for a marathon? What would you think if you show up at a race and somebody came out here like this and they're loaded down with baggage and gear and they're saying, oh yeah, I'm going to win this thing. I'm going to go. I've got energy. Why don't you just jog back and forth a couple times for us? Can you do that? That's supposed to be sin down there around his feet. <laughs> now I'm going to keep talking for the next 30 minutes and you just keep that up. Landon, all right? Just keep going. It's a long cross-country race. How long do you think Landon's going to last? He's going to get tired pretty soon. Here, hang on. Why don't you just have a seat? Pretty soon he's going to say, hey, you know what? I'm exhausted. This thing ain't for me. I'm just going to chill a bit. I'm gonna watch some other people in this race. There you go. This is what Landon's gonna do. He's exhausted. Now we're gonna sit here and we're gonna make fun of other people that are trying to win the race. Right. Ha 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 ha. Look, he fell. He fell. I knew it. I could see it coming. Yeah, bunch of hypocrites. Bunch of hypocrites. I like Doritos. You like Doritos? Have some more Doritos. (laughs) (laughs) And you sit it out. And you're not going anywhere, but you're watching other people try is that take heed when you think you're strong lest you fall right if you're ever in the situation where you rejoice when you see someone else fall we saw someone else fall just this week headlines if you're ever in that place where you rejoice that's a dangerous place to be he says take heed lest you yourself fall right there's only one way to deal with this You want another bag of chips? Come tonight. (laughs) There's only one way to deal with this. Because Landon's not going to be able to run a marathon. He's not going to be able to last this thing. It's done. He's got to learn to throw it down. So here's a bucket of shame that he's embraced from something in his past. And he brings it to the light, and its power is destroyed. He throws it off. Here's something that was done to him years and years ago by a pastor, so now he can't trust pastors he hates pastors. The pastor one time said something to him like, "Stop doing that now he's doesn't like pastors, but he's going to forgive pastors right all right and he's going to throw that one down. no longer has that hold over him here's a here's a friendship. you got any of these friendships. <laughs> Here's a friendship that Landon says that, you know what? It's been influencing me, not the other way around. It's been a bad influence. As hard as this might be, it might be for a time. Which one of you is it? I'm just kidding. <laughs> it might be for a time, but here's something that I'm going to have to throw down. I'm going to I'm gonna have to get rid of it and that, that's broken. And here's some sin that we're going to bring to the light. We're going to allow the power of that to be broken. We're going to toss it at the foot of the cross. Why don't you take the other one off too? This one here. There's a mindset. Lennon's always carried something he struggles with, but he's going to learn that those things don't just go away. Like you don't just automatically change your thinking, right? You have to learn to renew your mind. So he brings somebody into his life and says, you know what? Here's a, here's a thought process I've always had about God. And here's what I think about myself. And they say, hey, does that line up with scripture? No, it doesn't. So we're going to find some verses that speak truth to that. And every time we deal with that, we're going to draw truth down over it. Until we go there. Until those thoughts don't have such a grip on us anymore. And we're going to let that mindset, that lie that we've been believing for years and years, we're going to throw it off. Its power's broken. Now, why don't you get up and dash back and forth a couple times. All right. Why don't you, yeah, jump over all this sin and junk. Now you can go for the long haul. There's nothing holding you back. Thank you very much. You can sit down. Yeah, we'll just, it's good. We'll just let it there. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. This isn't a race against other Christians, right? It's not against other Christians. This is a race against the world and the devil, the works of the devil, the way he tries to hold you down. It says, the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the one that birthed faith in you. And he's the one that's going to complete it. So if he was there in the beginning, he will be there through the end. You can count on him. That he'll be with you through it all. And it gives the example of Jesus. And that. Last part of the verse, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. So in the hardest, most difficult time of his life, he had a goal that he's looking for the joy that's set before him is you and I. You being restored to relationship gave him such joy. He's able to endure anything he goes through. scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endures such opposition for sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father, addresses his son, and I didn't, I didn't even try to, but that ties into, doesn't a father dis, uh, who loves his son discipline, what Pastor Penn's been teaching for the last three weeks. Here's what I'd like to do. Um, worship team, could you come on up? We're actually going to take a little bit of time and give you an opportunity to lay off, to throw down anything that's been holding you back. I want you to just close your eyes right now, wherever you are. Say, search my heart, Lord. Search my heart, I want you all to stand. If there is something in your life been holding you down and you want to make a change this morning. You want to throw it off. You want to lay it aside. No matter what it is, I want you just to come to the front and I want you to make that commitment to the Lord. Today's a new day. Today I, I, I leave this thing in